have tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Oh, another week, another dollar, another episode of Televised Heroics, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What? Uh, so, what did you? Uh, what did you think of the shows this week? I have. I mean, I have some things I want to talk about. I actually, uh, you know, enjoyed some of the episodes that I usually don't enjoy. I guess I would have to say. I don't know, man. I I feel like uh, this week's Arrow was another filler episode. To be completely honest. Oh, good. I'm glad we're gonna we're gonna have uh, kind of opposites on on that one. Then, so when we get to it, it's gonna be it should be pretty interesting. All right. <laughs> uh, but first, let's talk about some news. Well, would you have any uh, news articles? Uh, just one article that caught my eye um, that Stephen Amell will be a guest star in Legends of Tomorrow. Right, but uh, what's the big point of the the guest star and guest starring in that one? He, though? Oh crap! My headphone just fell out. Uh, he will. Uh, be guys, sorry, in this episode, um, missing an arm, and he's gonna have his signature goatee. Signature goatee. That's awesome, because, uh, I believe it was, like, a month ago, maybe a little bit more, where he, uh, he tweeted that, um, at one point in time, I did say this would never happen, but I guess I should have, I should learn that in TV, anything that could happen. So everybody was wondering what he was talking about, but I guess it's the goatee because I think it, very early in the show he said that you'd never see uh, Ollie with the goat with the signature goatee. Right. <laughs> so that's hilarious that he's going to have it and missing an arm. It's so funny that like uh, the alternate versions of like Hawkeye and Green Arrow they always either have like a missing arm or they've gone blind or. Uh, you know, things that, that would affect someone that uses a bow, probably. It's so bizarre, but I guess that's just a way to show that they can still kick some ass, you know? True. Very true. Uh, my article also goes along with uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and it is that, I guess, on their Instagram account, they released a picture of an hourglass. Now, uh, in the show, Rip Hunter has an hourglass on his desk, uh, I believe, and uh, people were wondering if that's just because it's time travel or if it actually hints towards another DC character. Well, the Instagram account uh, kind of con- a little bit confirms that uh, there's going to be our our man in the in the show. He's going to make an appearance, which is cool with me because he's one of my favorite characters. For those of us from the Justice Society of America, for yeah. those of us that don't know, can you uh, give us more information? So, uh, Our Man, um, the original one by the name of Rex Tyler, I believe, yes, Rex Tyler, uh, was part of the Justice Society of America, he's a Golden Age hero, um, he was a scientist that created a, uh, pill called Miraclo, and that's M-I-R-A-C-L-O, not Miraclo, which is what we know from Arrow, 
miraculous. Sounds similar. <laughs> Very similar. So I, I hope they do some type of tie-in with the two. But, uh, um, yeah, Miracolo, which would give him um, not super strength, but heightened strength and heightened speed and heightened reflexes for an, exactly an hour. Uh, eventually, when his son took over the mantle, Rick Tyler, he ended up getting uh, the, the, the speed and the, the strength, but he also ended up getting visions of the future. So he would have uh, uh, like a, a, a vision that predicted the future, like either, I think, an hour ahead of time. And then eventually they ended up having an hour man that was an android from the future, the 853rd century or something like that. And uh, he uh, came back in time to help uh, an older Rex Tyler and Rick Tyler. So one of the characters I really enjoy, I, th- I really thought, I really think that if they wanted to uh, turn that into a TV show, uh, his character alone would, would do really well. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I didn't see too much. Uh, you know, I see more and more of the uh, news or ramblings, I should say, more of of the, the PG-13 version of Deadpool. You know, uh, I guess, you know, there's these... Uh, parents that want a PG-13 version so their kids can go watch it. And I understand that Deadpool is such a huge popular character now, but he is not a character that's supposed to be meant for children. I don't think it's going to happen, man. Oh, no, it's definitely not going to happen, but I just (laughs) think it's ridiculous that uh, these parents are calling for it. I know. I just just really hope that this R-rated version of the movie goes... Like, like, does really well in the box office because, I mean, that only means that maybe we'll get some more. I mean, we already had Watchmen and Three Hundred, but you know, like, right. what if we could get like uh, R-rated Punisher movie or uh, R-rated well, we Blade movie? No, well, the the PG Warzone was uh, Warzone might have been R-rated, but I'm not sure if it was. Punisher with Thomas Jane was PG thirteen, and then they re- they released it as a director's cut that was unrated. That's right. So I don't I don't know Warzone. about Warzone. Was Warzone R rated? Yeah, I, that makes sense because because uh, Jigsaw was a very gruesome character uh, and very bloody. So I can give you that, but that movie was just terrible. So <laughs> I kind of just erase it from my head altogether. Kind of like uh, the Eric Bana Hulk. <laughs> yes, like the Eric Bana Hulk. <laughs> uh, but also like a Venom movie. A Venom, R-rated Venom movie would be pretty awesome. Right. Yeah, I think he, I, he I, lends himself to being R-rated too. Carnage definitely needs to be R-rated. Right. So, I mean, there's I, that's what I'm saying. I just think that it would, be, it would benefit a lot of, or not benefit, but it would be really cool to see a lot more characters uh be an R-rated version Lobo Lobo would be an R-rated movie that'd be fucking awesome too What Danny Trejo Danny Trejo is Lobo <laughs> and directed by Robert Rodriguez Oh hell yes Machete <laughs> in space <laughs> <laughs> So uh yeah that I guess that's all I have for real for news um if you don't have anything else we can get straight on to the shows Let's get started all right, uh, so you, you, I want to talk about Supergirl first, and I, I know you have a little bit of what you wanted to talk about with that. 
Um, sorry, fans. I kind of fell asleep during Supergirl, <laughs> so I don't know what happened. So, did you fall asleep during the first episode or the second episode? Because I know you had to catch up on the first episode. I was trying to watch the the first episode, uh, and I woke up, and it was already over. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, I might as well go to bed. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, the I have to tell you this, because we already talked about... I talked about the first episode last week, and uh, this episode that came out uh, this this week um, was the White Martian episode. It's all... It's all. It's a lot. Fo- the story focuses a lot more on Jeff or Jeff Johns on John Johns and the Marsh the Martian Manhunter and his backstory. And I want to tell you, dude, this episode was incredible. If you get a chance, definitely watch this one. You can skip the other one and go straight to this one. Uh, all right. Because I mean, the stuff that so the the episode starts off with uh, Supergirl fi- flying over this uh, forest fire and. It looks incredible. Like, they really did production value on this episode really well. I mean, it, it looks so good in comparison to other uh, earlier episodes. Uh, she saves a family that's inside of a uh, mobile home that's in the... Or a camper, I should say, in the middle of the forest fire. And then um, she gets back to Catco and and Cat uh, is like... Uh, oh, Cat's going to be missing or meeting up with her oldest son who... They've kind of been estranged because she it was, hasn't been in his life for a very long time. We have uh, that happening. That's kind of the backstory, the, the Kara version, part of the story, part of the episode. So if you want to go with that. But the meat of the episode is that there is this senator by the name of Senator Crane who uh, she is very anti-alien. And she wants to kind of build a dome around the Earth, I guess, or around uh, America to keep aliens out, which is so ridiculous. And it's it's very reminiscent of Donald Trump wanting to put up his wall to keep illegal aliens out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she wants to put up this dome. And while she's having this, this press conference rally, uh, a white Martian attacks. And it's... It looks incredible, dude. Like like King Shark incredible. Like the the CG on wow. it was in, was was just amazing. So if you know about white Martians, they're very similar to uh the green Martians. They can shapeshift. She so this white Martian uh eventually takes the place of the senator and she gets into the DEO or the white Martian gets into the DEO as as the senator and she she knows that there's a Martian in the DEO somewhere. She just doesn't know that it's Hank Henshaw that's actually Mar- the Martian Manhunter. So she wants the Martian Manhunter to come out so that she can kill the last green uh, Martian because uh, the white Martians hate the green Martians. They want to eradicate them from existence. And uh, John Johns is the last one of his of his race. And he, he knows every time he uses his powers... Uh, the the White Martian can figure out where he is or who he is. So uh, it's kind of a very much a uh, cat and mouse or a cup and ball game throughout the episode. And uh, eventually they figure it out that uh, the that the senator is the Martian, the White Martian, and and she goes on to uh, try and kill Johns. And he shoots her finger off, and it turns back into the white Martian finger, which is like a good foot long. It was it was incredible. Oh shit! So, 
So they have a they have a, a good little fight, and Supergirl is the one that comes and takes out the White Martian because Jean Jean doesn't still doesn't want to use his powers because just like in the the episode before that, if he uses his powers, he might get stuck, uh, or he he might not be able to to come out of, or he yeah he might not be able to change into the Hank Henshaw persona anymore. Basically, is what that's what they're going with in this episode or this this show. Uh, very oh, okay, very good episode. I thought. Um, uh, Kara ends up kind of having a relationship with Cat Grant's uh, uh, son, the the twenty five year old son. That's uh, an adult, not the young teenage son. Uh, but but uh, you know, and there's still more of the whole win uh, being in love with Kara and Kara not having feelings back for him. So I guess she's moved on from having feelings for Jimmy. Jimmy is definitely going to stick with his girlfriend and. And Kara has a new love triangle now, so look forward oh, to that Jesus one, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so the very end of the episode ends with uh, Kara and Alex sitting on their couch eating ice cream, um, kind of having a, gir- a heart-to-heart girl-to-girl talk. And they uh, they start they're watching TV, and then all of a sudden. Uh, a breaking news report comes on and Supergirl is saving uh, some people in the news report and it's live news. And Alex looks over at car and goes, how are you there right now? Saving those people. And she's like, I'm not because she's right there on the couch. Wow. So, so that has to be one of the Martians then, right? It's not a Martian. That's what uh, this week's episode, this uh, next coming or this week's episode is going to be about. It's bizarro Supergirl. They're going to the Bizarro? <laughs> They're going Bizarro. <laughs> I'm guessing Maxwell Lord created a, a clone of Supergirl, so uh, we'll have to see how that episode pans out. You, you, you're going to want to watch that one. All right. Damn, I hope they <laughs> do a really good job on that episode then. They did. The White Martian episode was really incredible, so yeah, definitely go back and check it out. All right. Can't wait. The Flash. What did we have? We had more of uh, uh, Barry and Patty breaking up and being sad about it. We had uh, we didn't have any more Wally, right? We we did. Um, Iris was like, you know, quit being selfish. She's like, you know, I lost my fiance last year. I didn't get to say goodbye. Oh, that's right. This is the episode where the mom is dying in the hospital. Right. Okay. Um, what else was there? There was, uh, did we have anybody come through from another earth? Yes, we did. Who did we have? The reverse flash. No. Well, yeah, but he's not from another earth. He's just from the future. That's right. This oh, that's is the true. reverse flash episode or yeah. So, uh, professor Eobarthon, uh, shows up in, the time era and he, he for some reason is like I finally found the time the era that the flash is from and I just don't understand. I mean shouldn't it be well documented what era he's supposed to be from? I think so. <laughs> you would think. So I mean and we definitely get his like basically his origin story. He tells us that he uh recreated Barry's experiment or uh the the, the exact things that happened that cre- gave Barry uh, his connection to the speed force and um, 
he ha- had the same thing happen to him. So he was able to uh, go fast enough to travel back in time because he doesn't he doesn't like Barry. He doesn't like the Flash. He doesn't know it's Barry though. He just knows it's the fl- as in Flash, right? Yeah, right. And he makes it very clear that he doesn't like him. Very clear. So, uh, yeah. I mean, last week we were talking about this episode. We were saying, uh, what what is it? I mean, it, what did he show up back in time when Barry was a kid, or when is it the present time? And now we know it was present time. So he's you know hanging around trying to. Uh, find out as much as he can about the Flash, which we know he's going to use later on when he comes back looking like Harrison Wells. <laughs> right. I don't want to skip around to the end of the episode, but I liked what Wells said to Barry. We'll leave it at that. We'll go to that point later. Okay. All right. What do you think the repercussion- repercussions are going to be for uh, Eobard Thawn coming back in time at this point? You know, I- all the things that Harrison well or Harry was saying about how uh you know you can't kill him now because it would mess up time later and then I don't know it, it doesn't make sense to me why he's alive and, w- and what's going on he said because uh Eddie Thon killed himself but Eobard Thon was already in the time stream when this was happening it was I don't know it was a very weird uh story very weird explanation. Paradox. <laughs> Paradox, yes. Um, it's just, um, I mean, since Sam introduced time travel, I think CW's like, we can get away with anything, so we'll make him say some random gibberish. It'll make sense. <laughs> yeah, I think you're kind of right. It's, it's, and that's, I mean, that's what we were saying from the beginning with this podcast. We were saying, you know, uh, that's the trouble with time, time travelers. They always exist in some period of time, so you never know where uh, how you're going to be able to get rid of them. They're already there. Right. <laughs> I, I, also, uh, something I want to say is, um, you know, the whole Eobard Thon from the future, um, his his story was pretty much really close to the comics. Oh, very close, yes. they they kept They kept it really spot on. So, I mean, obviously this is going to come up. How do you feel about Spivet, you know, breaking up with Barry? Um, I, I, I mean, it's unfortunate that they feel that they need to just keep Barry uh, kind of melancholy and not happy. And, uh, and the relationship stuff is the very easy way to do it. Um, however, I think it's interesting that she was able to figure it out on her own without Barry telling her. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually uh, very clever, too, at the end of the episode when she called his cell phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a very, very clever way of doing that. Yeah, so, what do you think about, you know, how how Caitlin had the idea? It's like, you know, we, we have to find a J from, from Earth-1 and we can replace your cells and make you well again. And then, how do you feel about all of that? Okay, so that was a very big reveal at the end of this episode, and right if that's if that is like a red herring or if it's actually telling us who Zoom is, that is crazy. So, uh, you find out that the Jay Garrick of Earth One, Barry's Earth, uh, is was his parent, his mother was killed when he or died during birth or whatever. So he was adopted by the Zolomans. 
And his his name on Earth One is Hunter Zolomon, which in the comic books, Hunter Zolomon is a uh, FBI agent that becomes Zoom. Zoom, yeah, right? <laughs> he he gets he gets into a uh, uh, an accident with the cosmic treadmill uh, while he's on it, and an explosion causes him to uh, be able to travel to time, like travel through times, like. Yeah, control over time or something like that. Instead of being super fast, he's able to control time around him, and thus he becomes a villain so that he can create better heroes. That's his his whole uh, uh, mantra: is that the heroes weren't able to save his wife from dying, so he needs to make better heroes by killing other people around him. <laughs> <laughs> so if Jay Garrick in Earth One is Hunter Zolomon, who in the comic books is Zoom. Maybe Jay Garrick Earth Two, the one that we've been watching, is actually Zoom. Yeah, uh, I know, but oh, man, it just raises so many questions. <laughs> it really does. It's very, it's it's very strange up or a very strange uh, reveal, and whether or not it's it's uh, giving something away or if it's a red herring is is very cool on their part to throw it out there. I I think I think it's red herring. I think they're just trying to throw us off off course, you know. Uh, I I mean, I don't think that. I mean, obviously, I could be wrong, but I don't think that Jay is, you know, is, is Zoom. He might not be, but you know, I, that could be. A, I mean, they could they could do it. I mean, that way, Caitlyn will fall in love with the bad guy, and then all of a sudden. Oh, I'm in love with the villain. What am I gonna do? Right, and that and that's just gonna be like uh, season one all over again. You know, the the mentor for Barry is gonna be the bad guy all over again. Oh, that is true. That 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 could happen. And that's gonna be recycling the same plot, and it's gonna upset me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Jay really hasn't been much of a mentor this season. I mean, the only time he really showed him anything was. When he showed him how to throw lightning. That's true. Other than that, he's kind of just been in and out. Harry has been actually teaching Barry more things. True. Uh, I mean, I read an article back when the first season started saying that, you know, Jay just disappears. uh, So Jay technically could be, you know, Zoom because he's disappearing when he's doing all the bad deeds in Earth 2. Right, and if you're you have super speed, you're able to be uh, almost be in one place or two places at once, like we saw with uh, you know Harrison Wells in the first season when he was both Reverse Flash and Harrison Wells in the same room at the same time. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so once again, there there there's some more theories of who Zoom is underneath that mask, who is terrorizing uh, Barry Barry Allen on Earth One. I want to say that uh, the vibe goggles that uh, that well Harry made were pretty awesome. They were pretty cool, and you know what they they make they they are reminiscent of vibes sunglasses in the, in the uh, comic, comic book when he was first created <laughs> yeah. back in the nineties. So that was kind of cool too—a nice little nod or throwaway or whatever you want to say. 
Uh, I want to say I really like the relationship between uh, Well or Harry and Cisco. Uh, to me, it gets funnier and funnier as each episode progresses. Right. It, it, it is. It, they do have a very funny kind of uh, um, what's the word? odd couple kind of relationship where they <laughs> they 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 respect each other's intelligence almost, but then they also hate each other and they get on each other's <laughs> nerves. <laughs> no, no, you do not get to throw stuff around when you get upset. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Um, what did you also think? Uh, well, so we know that Earth 2, Caitlin Snow, is going to be Killer Frost. And she's going to show up and uh, she's going to be married to Ronnie Raymond from Earth 2, who's also Deathstorm instead of Firestorm. So, if Jay ends up going back to Earth 2, Caitlin Snow will once again be single. And Barry, we know that Patty is not going to be around. So, what do you think of the two of them getting together? So, hold on, repeat the question? Basically, what I'm saying is, I think in the very near future... Both Barry Allen and Caitlin Snow are going to be two single people. What do you think of the two of them becoming a couple? Oh, it's very possible, especially since season one they didn't have that chemistry. They did have a, that chemistry at one point, right? They had a, an episode or two where they kind of were looking at each other that way. Yep. And, and it's like, I, I'm lonely, you're lonely. I, I think it's very possible that that's what they're setting up here. And especially with uh, with the episode preview that um, that I saw, should I go into detail? Yeah, go for it. Um, so there's something terrorizing uh, downtown, um, and Barry is obviously trying to stop it. And uh, he catches a car door, and the glass breaks, and it stabs a piece of glass. Big shard of glass goes through Iris. Oh, really? Yeah. So what are you thinking is going to happen? Do you think that they're going to need to find Iris on Earth 2 to help save Iris on Earth 1? I don't know. I I want to say it's it might be Cisco just having a vibe. That's true, too. That could very well be what's happening. Oh, uh, well, I guess we'll just have to wait to see this episode. What happens? Right. So, do you want to go ahead and talk about what you what what Harrison Wells' little or Harry Wells' little speech was about? Uh, I loved when right before Barry was running around the pipeline to give uh, Reverse Flash enough momentum to go to the future. I loved how he was just like, you know, you can't kill him now. Just understand, this is his origin story. This is how it happens. This is the moment he finds out who you are and how he's going to terrorize you. How no matter where you're at, he will always be there. It was it was it was very uh, prolific and uh, you know uh, almost saddening at, at, at the same time. Right, it, it gave me chills uh, just the way that he delivered it, and you know he's right. There's no way of getting rid of him. Yeah, Tom Cavanaugh, you know, he's he is a very good actor. So, uh, you know, when he gets these little speeches where he gets to uh, uh, 
do monologues and stuff, it's 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 usually really good. Yeah. Or so if you are a fan of Scrubs, <laughs> he's really really goofy. And That's right. And Scrubs is uh, JD's brother. Yep. Like when he was going through depression because their father died, he was just sitting in the tub with all the beer cans. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, you want to sip?" <laughs> Oh, it's good stuff. Tom Cavanaugh is, yeah. is great. So, all right, let's uh, move on to Arrow. Then we're moving right Arrow, along. Arrow. <laughs> okay. Arrow. So this, I'm glad. I'm glad that we had two different opinions with this episode. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts. What was? What made it such a great episode? Okay, one one thing that I thought made it a really great episode was, once again, the fight choreography was incredible. Like, I'm so glad that they've decided to take this show. Like, they could very much well make it uh, a very cheesy version of, uh, of, of a crime procedural. And, but they've decided to amp up the the fighting this season. I I feel like, and they've really taken on a better direction with the fight choreography. That the fight scenes look incredible. They are shot really well done, and uh, like you can like there's so there's the one scene that I'm really talking about, and, and that was another thing was that Laurel and and Thea were able to actually hold their own in these fight scenes this time, whereas a lot of the time they've been doing like. Uh, you know, Ollie or someone has to come and save Thea or Laurel, and this right. time they, it didn't happen. But they there's a scene where you have uh, Thea and Laurel on one side of Ollie, and Ollie's right in the middle, and they're in the middle of a hallway, and they're 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 rushing in to attack um, Shadowspire, and the camera doesn't cut away; it follows them, and you you and you know it was it was actually Stephen Amell's face because it was already on his face, and he goes in and he starts doing the moves. So I mean, if they did a cut in there somewhere and I didn't see it, it was pretty impressive. But I don't think they did. Yeah, I don't think they use a stunt double. Okay, so yeah, that well, was well. They uh, do at some good. points, but not that that part. Yeah, really good stunt work. They do. They do. Okay, so that really plus, I thought the idea. Okay, so big big part of the episode, Amanda Waller gets killed. I know, right? How could I mean? The head of the Suicide Squad or Argus or whatever you want to say at this point. I mean, they've used the Suicide Squad in the show a couple times now, and she's dead. That can't be. That she had. Uh, I, I would say if this was Marvel, I would say she that had to have been a life model decoy. But they don't have life model decoys in in DC, so I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna do if they're actually gonna have Amanda Waller dead. Every oh, I don't know I don't because I mean Amanda Waller is uh, obviously in Green Lantern so you know government you know if you want to get behind conspiracies maybe somebody just takes the alias of Amanda Waller. Okay, I can see that. So basically, it's like um, uh, it's it's a title. It's a it's an yeah it's an alias that a new person is appointed to. Every time, or a new lady, they always find a lady to be Amanda Waller. I guess so, because I mean, <laughs> uh, she's gonna be in Suicide Squad, obviously, and that's a different actress. Uh, every time, it's just been a different actress. It's never been well, the same person. I understand why. Right, exactly. 
But I just think that it's interesting that they've killed off the TV version now. Right. Clean shot to the head, too. Ooh, right? That was incredible. I, I was not expecting to see that. Uh, he didn't this, hesitate. <laughs> he did not. And he had this Shadow Spire group that, you know, um, Andy was a part of, again. <laughs> and uh, uh, then he that also connects back to that guy who's running the opiate fields in uh, the, the, the island. island. Yeah. On the Island that, that, the, that is the flashbacks happening with Ollie right now. So that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, you also had, um, Oh, <laughs> so we have, uh, what's her face? Felicity in a wheelchair. And you know, when, when fans saw that she was going to be in a wheelchair and not be able to walk, what did they all say? Oh, they they're turning her into Oracle. They're turning her into Oracle. And what happens in this episode? Ollie gives her a, a, a nickname, a code name. And he goes, I was going to call you Oracle, but that's already taken. Yep. <laughs> so it was a he, nice he, little, he, he, right. He, he, he want that, that did so much for the story. One, he gave her the name overwatch. So she has her own code name. So that helps out with all the comms and stuff, but they, they have a nod to the, to the fans saying, look, we're not, we're not taking Oracle away. Plus they've basically admitted that this in this world, there is a Batman in this universe. There's a Batman. Yes. And in this, in this universe, there's a Batgirl, and the killing joke happened in this universe. Yes! Oracle. I mean, if you follow all these things happening, that just makes this universe that much cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking <Yeah>. out, man. <laughs> I know. Well, but where are we going to get the point where, you know, Batman's just, or Bruce is like, what? There's another mass vigilante in Star City? I need to find him. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, Bruce decides to leave Gotham, you know, that's the one thing about him. He he likes to take care of just Gotham. That's his city. <laughs> <laughs> so all those things. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this episode for a lot of a lot of these little little things. Um, I like the fact that Diggle Diggs actual code name is going to be Spartan from now on. Which yep. just you know was I thought was a very cool name. Oh, I did read an article earlier in the week saying that uh, they he is going to be getting a new helmet. Oh, right, a new a new designed helmet. So let's look forward to something like that. It's going to be an actual Spartan helmet. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the one that he wears kind of looks like a Spartan helmet. From 300, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have the the Leonidas, like, feathers on the top, or whatever that, that's supposed to be up there. Yeah, but I, I think it looks like it, but I I mean, I'm glad he's getting a new helmet, finally. Right, because that, that one just, it looks terrible. It's it All it does is, is block off his peripheral vision and doesn't even protect the back of his head. <laughs> Discount Magneto. <laughs> Discount Magneto. <laughs> Oh, yes, he needs a new helmet, so that would be cool. Okay, but what did you have problems with this? You just felt that it was boring in general? No, it was more, um, I guess it was just a whole Felicity drama going on this episode. Oh, you know what? I even blocked out the whole her hallucinating about her younger (laughs) self. That was stupid. But 
I don't know. Everything else that happened just it helped me get get over it, I guess. I mean, I also found it kind of cheesy that, you know, Diggle... I, I knew that, you know, Diggle made Andy sign up, you know, for the military. But I found it kind of cheesy that, you know, like, they served together at the same battalion and everything. <laughs> yeah, that is... Uh, that's very unlikely, I would think. And But I, I was assuming that Dig was just a little bit higher up, that he was able to ha- make that happen. I don't know. It, it, was, it was very, very fortunate or, you know, coincidental that they were teamed up together. And then, um, did you, did you think that Andy was going to betray Diggle? No, I knew that they were, they were, he was playing possum. And then, you know, he's like, hey, you and your keep, you get to sleep, you're no, no more jail cells for you. You get to sleep on my couch now. You get to sleep on my couch and you get to meet my daughter, your, your, your niece. <laughs> How about getting him? How about him getting to say hi to his wife and kid? <laughs> We're still out there, you know. Yep, I guess they're gonna cross that bridge uh, a little bit later. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it might be it, it. It might be something that you have to ease them into, you know, for them thinking that their husband, father is dead. You know how I told you Andy died. Well, Andy's not really dead. Here you go. So this- whole dead thing is just a uh, concept really it's not it, it's not lasting you should ask sarah uh you should ask this person you should ask the uh, <laughs> uh there's a couple uh hawk people that you could talk to they come back every so often that's right they reincarnate oh there's this guy that can time travel so you know <laughs> there's another guy oh that's my just god immortal. I wanted to say, what do you think of um, Aldi telling uh, Laurel that you know Bear can time travel? Oh, I thought it was very nonchalant that he just threw it in there, and then she's like, "Wait, what?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, Bear can time travel." <laughs> he went back in time, you know, because I got killed by by Vandal, so you know that you happened. Know what, you know what's also funny is that uh, him talking about that reminded me that they that. Ollie has a son that we haven't really even like went back and talked about yet. Like he, like the episode, <laughs> they haven't like he hasn't seen him in any episodes or like talked about. Hey, I got to go uh, to Central City and, and meet some people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That hasn't happened. They're like, yeah, we'll bring him up later. That storyline is uh, in the back burner for right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use them for a filler episode later. And and the campaign the, is the, is the campaign still going on? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows exactly? Let me talk about Agent Carter for a little bit, and then we can get on to DC's Legends of Tomorrow. But Agent Carter, very good episode. Also, um, we had this episode. We had the return of Howard Stark, or at least we got to see Howard Stark again. And he is now making movies in Hollywood. That's right. He, the man of science, has decided that making movies is not a uh, art form, but more a science, and that he believes that he can make a best-selling movie or a box office-breaking movie uh, better than all these Hollywood types because he's a man of science and he knows the formula. So, but really, all he's doing is just hanging out with more and more. Uh, uh, 
hot women. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, after the explosion with the, the zero matter that, um, we've seen in episode one and two, uh, cer- certain strange things start happening around, uh, agent Carter. Uh, things like when she seems like when she's upset, they start floating around her. And when they finally notice that this is happening, they, they take, they go to Howard Stark, the scientist that they know, and they figure out that the area around her is about seven degrees colder than the other areas. Uh, and she thinks that she's going to freeze to death just like the other victims. But Howard Stark whips up this like, uh, formula and he puts it into a spray can and he sprays the area around her and it's the scientist from the earlier episodes, uh, Dr. Helms, I believe, that uh, was trying to help her. He has actually become incorporeal. He uh, can't touch Peggy or uh, anything around him, but he's, he's kind of like a ghost. So it might be like he's trapped between dimensions. But uh, Howard Stark was able to kind of uh, make him visible. So that was pretty cool. Um, we got to see more of uh, Whitney Frost, who, like I told you last week, is uh, Madame Mask. And she has also absorbed some of the zero matter in her skin. And she's got a blemish on her face that she keeps trying to hide with her hair. But when she gets upset, uh, like one of her her, man, or her director on a movie that she's on basically tries to uh, sexually assault her, she gets upset with him and then basically sucks him into her body through the zero matter, killing him. So that was kind of cool and very weird. Sounds gross. (laughs) (laughs) They uh, tried to send a person to kill uh, Peggy and she was, you know, being the tough woman that she is, she was able to take him out. Uh, shot him in the hand uh, while he was running away. So uh, they're lo- they're on the lookout for a uh, assassin that has a bullet wound in his hand. And uh, her and Jarvis are going to be you know working more. To, he, he he expressed to Mister Stark how much he enjoys working uh, with uh, with Agent Carter and helping her uh, solve crimes. And then it was kind of a funny little joke because Howard Stark says, uh, or Howard Stark ends up making a security system for the house that they're staying in that has Jarvis's voice, like saying, the door is ajar or someone has entered in through this door or something like that. And it's very much like Tony Stark's Jarvis smart house. And he says, <laughs> he says, uh, that's great. Now the, Mr. Stark just has me as a disembodied voice, you know, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's funny because of what we know is going to happen with Tony Stark and his Jarvis program. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. it's a little nod for future. For future reference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's mostly what happened in this episode. It's setting up more for uh, what this zero matters stuff is going to be, and how uh, Madame Mass is going to be is becoming a villain. Uh, I can't wait. I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, so I will be here next week to tell you all about what happens then too. Uh, I don't think I have any theories right now of how any of this is going to relate. We do know that in um, what was it? 
Captain America Winter Soldier. When Captain when Steve Rogers goes to goes to talk to old Peggy Carter in the in her bed, do you remember the scene? Mm-hmm. She says that she eventually got married to someone else and it was a guy, it actually ended up being a guy that uh Steve liberated from that prison camp when he went to go save Bucky in the first movie. It, it was someone that was in that in the in there. So we don't know who the person that she married was, but both this scientist guy that she's kind of falling for and the guy who used she used to work with were both in World War Two. So both of them were, are very likely candidates of who who the guy is that she could she could be she could eventually marry. And I I I think it's kind of a little cool little mystery to kind of keep keep on keep on the on the mind. Okay. Cool. God, this is terrible. It, it cut out a little bit, so I missed a little, um, a little bit of the last chunk. Oh, no worries. It's just I was just explaining that, uh, you know, we have a little mystery of who it is that Peggy Carter is eventually going to marry. Oh, uh, okay. Who who do you think? I, 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 I know – well, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think it could be either this doctor – the scientist guy that uh, right now is incorporeal – or it could be the the guy that she had feelings for that she used to work with, who is now the chief of the L.A. office. I really want it to be the guy that's the chief of the L.A. office. He has this like a uh, he has a a wound from the from World War II that makes it so that he has to walk with a crutch, and he he's just a a cool guy. I like the actor. He used to be on Dollhouse, uh, so it's it's I it, I see why he ended up getting into the. Uh, Marvel Universe with Joss Whedon because Joss Whedon did Dollhouse, so I want it to be him. Oh, okay, why can't it be Jarvis? Jarvis is already married. Uh, oh, that's right. You told me. Yeah, he's she, married. Uh, she... His wife gives him hints and stuff, right? Fashion right. Hints. Exactly. She gives she gives fashion advice to Peggy Carter and uh, keeps Jarvis on the straight and narrow of uh, you know being. Uh, on task, I guess, instead of, of dawdling. <laughs> she's a very cool character, too. She didn't get to show up in this episode, but she she's a cool character. All right. <laughs> so there you go. That when um, That's Peggy Carter or Agent Carter for this week. Uh, still a very good show. I'm, I'm happy with it. Let's move on to D- DC's Legends of Tomorrow. This is part two of the pilot episode, or you know, episode two. I don't know which one they call. I know it's it's kind of like a part two of the pilot episode. How did, how did you feel about this episode? Um, it was it started off really really good. It it did start off good, but I felt like the production value on this one was a lot lower in this this episode than it was in the episode before. And I understand in a pilot episode they they use they put in a lot of money because they want people to. Uh, like it and, and stay with the show. Get hooked. Yeah, get hooked. Um, but I found I found some problems with this episode that I think are are weird. But I did okay. love. I loved like uh, the uh, heat wave and Captain Cold parts of this of this episode. They did so well, and they were they like did. they were so incredible. Like. Like Dominic Purcell as Heatwave as Mick Rory, uh, was just hilarious, and uh, Wentworth Miller delivers his lines with such 
such sarcasm or disdain, you know, that's just like, it, it, it kind of brings a smile to my face. So they really <laughs> saved this episode for me. They they did. They have really good chemistry. And I mean, maybe it's because they worked with each other on Prison Break. Who knows? I'm going to say that it has a lot to do with it. They did work, what was, it, what was that, five seasons on that show? I think so, yeah. I think it was like five seasons. But yeah, they, you know, they, they, they're they obviously good friends and they know how to, to, to play off of each other. So this episode... They didn't. They didn't travel through time. They stayed in 1975, and they needed to go to a arms uh, uh, auction where uh, they figured Vandal Savage was was auctioning off a a bomb. Right. Yep. So they get there and they try to act like they're part of a, uh, a criminal organization. Of terrorists, and uh, Doctor Stein basically kind of becomes the de facto leader and starts bidding on the the warhead, <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends up winning it. And uh, they don't have the money to pay for something like that. <laughs> but what, what was funny was who was there? Damien Dark. Damien Dark was there, and he didn't look. At, a day different for being uh, 40 years in the past. He looked exactly the same age. Uh, Lazarus Pitts. Very much so. It had to have been Lazarus Pitts. I mean, obviously, you're only Rachel Ghoul, I believe, is supposed to use the Lazarus Pitts, right? Oh, well, I right. guess that's not true. He, he let them put Thea in there. Right, and then he let him, and then Malcolm, who was now the new Rachel Ghoul, let them put Sarah in there. So I don't know. I don't think that Rachel, the the previous Rachel Ghoul, would have let Damien Dark go in there because they were enemies. But oh, that's true. He must have somehow been able to get get inside one, because that's the only explanation. Well, I don't know. Maybe he's done some type of magic to keep himself young, because we know he's Maybe a magic that- user. Yeah, that could be it, uh, because, I mean, it seemed like him and Vandal didn't really know each other. He just said, you know, I know everybody here, but I don't know who you guys are. That's true. That's very true. Uh, so after that, they ended up uh, getting into a fight, and uh, Ray Palmer, still being the hapless hero, the person that he wants to do good so much but doesn't know how to do it correctly ends up losing a piece, a very small piece of his suit. And it causes a problem. It causes a problem. So somehow, I guess it makes it so that they're going to, uh, you know, Vandal Savage and his people are going to reverse engineer it and then uh, get a, a kickstart in advanced uh, um, technology, uh, which is... Kind of a weird story plot device, I thought, but I mean, obviously, obviously, uh, warranted, I guess you could say. Um, what I did like was that Victor Garber, or not Victor Garber, Dr. Stein ends up, uh, letting loose that, that this era part of his little speech that, you know, I don't think that you could have the enriched plutonium that this, that you, you would need in this era. So, Vandal Savage ends up putting it together that they're time travelers. So yep. from from that point on, 
from 1975 on, he knows that there's going to be there's time travelers trying to stop him. So I think that kind of makes it so that they're going to end up having to go further back in time to go to points when he wouldn't have known. Oh, that's true. That's what I think. I didn't see that, it that, that way. I think that's why they set that up. Damn, I, yeah, I didn't really look at it that way. That's uh that's a really good point. <laughs> Cuz we do know we know that they've cast someone as uh John, Jonah Hex at this point. We know that uh we're we're going to eventually see our our man and our man takes place during World War 2, so or actually World War 1, I, I think. Yeah. So that you know, that's just further back in time. We'll, we'll to see where where eventually they go. Um, they were they oh they were so they went after the knife. They thought that the knife was gonna. Well, they knew that the knife was gonna be the the item from 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 the the Hawks kids notebook or whatever his studies. They they figured out that this dagger that Prince Khufu gave to. The the priestess Shiaera, uh as a love token is going to be the knife that they need to use to kill Vandal Savage once and for all. Instead of that spear, they were on the right track. They were on the right track. You're right. Uh, unfortunately, it has to be the priestess that that stabs Vandal Savage, and that's the whole point. Is that uh, the priestess has never been really? Um, she's not really the- up to the task yet. She's not. She's not trained well enough. Right. So uh, what happens? What what happens to Carter Hall? Basically, Vandal's like, you know, you're on the right track, buddy, but it has to be the priestess that kills me, man. And so he ends up killing him. He kills he kills Carter Hall, Hawkman, and absorbs his, uh, his soul or life essence or whatever you want to call it, life force, and... Thus, we know that that's how uh, Vandal Savage is immortal because he constantly absorbs uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl's life force. So how long do you think before they end up getting a new Hawkman? Because he re- he reincarnates all the time. So all right. they have to do is go to another time period where there might not be a Shiara at that point and just a Carter Hall. And she's going to have to train him a little bit or... You know, he might just be even better at it. I don't know. It's time travel and reincarnation put together. There are many options for them to, to get another <laughs> Carter Hall. I was going to say there could already be a Carter Hall in, in 1975. That's very true, too. There could be. Um, obviously, the, the Carter Hall that we have from 2016, I would say that he's probably in his early to mid-30s. So uh, that would put him at born in 19 between 1980 and 1985 so there could have been a, a carter hall that's in his mid to, to late 30s in the middle in 1975 <laughs> that eventually was going to die and reincarnate in the 1980s to the carter hall that we just had yep <sighs> <laughs> but see the thing is that you have to find a Carter Hall that's not with a Shaira at that point because you don't want to split up those two. That is true. And I mean, I guess that was one of the bigger, uh, one of the big, uh, issues of the episode was, uh, him just trying to be so forceful with her and her not liking it. That's true. Uh, but she is become like, she ends up saying that, uh, she didn't get a chance to tell him that all the memories came back right before he died. Right. 
So she has all her memories. That means she doesn't really need to be trained anymore, I, I would assume. Right. But what if they find a new Carter and that, that new Carter is like, no, you're crazy. Get away from me. I think that's very much so what, what could happen. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, we, then this might happen <laughs> over and over again in the show. <laughs> that could get a little tiresome. Yeah. <laughs> I um I really like the uh, relationship that uh was starting to develop between uh Ray Palmer and um and uh Snart when they were trapped. Right. You know, they were kind of they were they were showing that the two of them grew up differently but are very much the same in a lot of ways. Right. So I thought that was pretty and, uh, cool too. Yeah, and I also love the part when Heatwave was like, um, I found the owner of the house. <laughs> You're not going to believe it. It's Vandal Savage. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, oh, the pro- so one of the problems I had with this episode was that they, to find the Atom technology, they have to, they, they know that Adam's techno- Ray Palmer's technology is made from alpha particles, and they have to go in seek out the 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 person the leading scientist in alpha particles of that time era and it happens to be young dr stein martin stein or marty stein <laughs> so they go to uh ivy university which is the the university that uh professor palmer teaches at in the comic books ray palmer the atom but obviously in the mo- the tv show he's not a professor and he's not a teacher uh, but they go to that, to the university, Ivy university, and, uh, they find young Martin Stein. They steal his device, which is a alpha meter, alpha particle meter or tracker or whatever it is. And they leave the campus and they find the technology, but apparently it was right there in Ivy town because they didn't go too far how does the device work? I don't, they never really explain that. And then right after they destroy, they get back the the piece of technology that they were looking for. They go back to the university to where the ship was and they get in the ship and the young Marty Stein follows them into the ship. And you're like, I'm like, wait a second. Was Vandal Savage's little hideout in Ivy town? I, I don't quite understand. I Yes, <laughs> because when they went to the the Norway, to, yeah, they went to Norway to find to get the A bomb. So was it? I don't know. I think that was the part right there where I think it was either bad editing or they just totally messed up the story. That's true. <laughs> and uh, do you know freak uh, what? Rick should really have with them. What? He needs one of those um, freaking Men in Black devices. Oh, Rip Rip Hunter needs a, a yeah, Rip a, Hun- yeah, Rip Hunter, a, a flashy thingy. <laughs> yes, a denuralizer. Yeah, yes. that that would probably that would be uh, uh, helpful. I mean, he has a thing that knocks him out. It flashes and knocks people out. That's how he picked up all the heroes. But, uh, or I should say legends, but, uh, yeah, he needs something to make it so people don't remember that they, was, they were there. These are really thinking about the consequences. I mean, they already <laughs> fucked up the timeline. He's like, oh shit, this they could happen. They messed up the timeline a few times now, uh, 
They almost made it so that Martin Stein didn't meet his future wife. Yeah, and but then you know he was like, "Eh, I made a few call. I made or I called you so you would show up, and so you would meet your wife." Right. Yeah, yeah. See, it's it's a little too too uh, bow tie ending like that. I don't know. It's, it's, another thing that I have a problem with is that they don't use Firestorm to his best abilities. So when you have the the atom bomb about to go off, uh, they. They have him absorb all the nuclear uh, energy that comes out of it so that no one gets hurt, right? Right. But in the comic book, Professor Stein would have just had uh, Firestorm change it into a different element so that it wasn't it wasn't like something that would hurt anybody. It would be something that was non-radiation, you know, threatening. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually very true. And another thing is... Wouldn't that make him stronger, just, uh, you know, taking all that nuclear waste or nuclear well, power? It wouldn't make him stronger. It would have made Captain Adam stronger, who who uh, is also a nuclear man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the two of them are a little too similar sometimes. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I'm still excited about the show. Other stuff about it is still good. The characters are still good. Um I just hope that some of the later next fewer them some I hope the rest of the episodes are better written. Same here. What are you looking forward to in the show? Really? I mean, I'm really looking forward to the different time jumps and the different eras and seeing heroes from different points in the timeline, you know. Uh just just what we've talked about so far, Jonah Hex, Our Man, uh a Green Arrow with the missing arm. <laughs> <laughs> These are all things that I'm really looking forward to. Oh, man. I I want to know what storyline they're going to do, what's going to happen. Is it going to be Central City 2016 since, you know, it did get destroyed and that that's why Ollie has a goatee and is missing an arm? What the hell is going on? <laughs> Maybe, but Central City is, is, is Flash's town. Not... I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Star City. Star City. City. Oh yeah, was it Star City that was that was uh, destroyed in that future vision? Yeah, he's all great. He's all Star City's destroyed now. <laughs> well, there you go. So yeah, we uh, I, yeah, we'll have to. Well, I mean, we'll have to see where where the episodes go. I I don't I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Any other notes you have for this episode? No, that was it. Well, there you go. We had uh, another full week of uh, t- televised heroics, you know, to to call upon our namesake. Uh, I felt good about it for the most part. Uh, how did you feel? Oh, really good about this one, too. Good, good. Uh, I can't wait till uh, we see more. And then uh, we have two weeks until the return of The Walking Dead. Yep, and hopefully we're there, man. I'm hoping we're at The Talking Dead. <laughs> If we get to go, that would be amazing. That would be so cool. Um, I know. Other than that, uh, I think that's all I have for this week. What about yourself? That's all I have. Hopefully, you know, interesting comic book news comes up this week. Uh, I'll I'll keep my eyes open if you will. Oh, I will. Okay. Uh, Daniel, go ahead and give out your uh, Twitter handle. All right, so you can find me on Twitter at Daniel Von Helvetz. 
And you can find me on Twitter at agent underscore of the underscore bat. If you want to find, if you want to talk straight to Geek Elite Radio, it's at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, Geek Elite Radio on Facebook, and geekeliteradio.com is our website. Uh, other than that, leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear some of your theories and some of your thoughts on all these TV shows. Uh, what do you, how do you feel? How do you feel about Legends of Tomorrow? Do you, do you like it? Do you like their format? Do you like the way they're going with it? Do you like the idea of seeing all these different heroes throughout time? I want to know. So, and I, I assume Daniel wants to know too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, I will have to say adieu until next week. This has been Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network. Until next time, geek out. Geek out. Geek out. <laughs> we now return you to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs>